All right, we're going to conclude our series today on devotions of the heart. And why do we have that as a title? Because God wants our heart, and he wants our devotion to be towards him with our heart. Not a ritualistic, not a perfunctory obligation into, in fulfilling a requirement, but he wants us to give a devotion that comes from our heart. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that as we come together today that you'll help me speak your word to your people so that they may be encouraged and have devotions with their heart unto you. And we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it. In Jesus' name, and all agreed said, amen. amen. So the Lord wants an honest, sincere desire to love him. Isn't that what we all want? We want to be loved. How much more the God of all love wants us to love him? He created us for fellowship and to be with us, and he wants our whole heart. Isn't that what he said? Whole heart, whole strength, whole mind. So let's see, what is the definition of our heart? It's our inner man. It's the will for, to do things. It's how we think. It's the, how we reflect on things. How do you perceive things? Where is your heart? You know, a person can have an evil heart and look at things and just be so negative. Have you met anybody like that? Are you one of those people? No. <laughs> your, your inclination, what you tend to do. If you had a day off, what would you do? Ladies, would you go shopping? Would you go to the beach? What, what would you do? You have a whole day off to do whatever you want. That's the inclination of your heart. Your resolution is what causes you not to give up. I'm just bound and determined that no matter what happens, I'm going to fulfill what God has called me to do. I, I heard this one lady, she signed up, she wanted to go to uh, ministry school. And so she got there, it was very crowded, so she had to park in a parking lot that had pebbles you know, in front of the, uh, the parking lot. So she had, her, in her high heels, had to go through the pebbles with her, with her feet. And she said, you know what? I, maybe I'm not supposed to be <laughs> going to ministry school. And she quit just because of parking. No resolution. And I can tell you, I signed up. I wanted to be a real estate agent. And I went through all the classes, Renee, passed, and got my, my thing. And then so they said, your first assignment, you're going to go to open house. I go, open house? How boring is that? Sit there, all, you know, babysit the house. In my mind, that was my inclination. And <laughs> so I found out the World Series was on. And they had a TV there. So I said, oh, man, let's turn on the TV and watch the World Series. He goes, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't watch the World Series and sell a house. I go, really? Okay, see you later. And that was it. I was gone. I was done. No more. One day on the job. So if you don't, that wasn't my heart, right? It, it's your determination that you continue to do it no matter what. You never give up. If you have heart, you'll, you'll continue. It's the seat of your appetites. It's what you like to do. It's your taste. What, what desire do you have? Do you, would you rather go to church or would you rather go to the beach? Church, church good. Okay, good answer. That's both. <laughs> church, then beach, right? <laughs> Okay, it's the seat of your emotions and passion. What excites you? What gets you excited, you know? To have Life Pacific College come here and sing, it's beautiful. It's the seat of your courage. It what, it's what keeps you going. Now, the definition of devotion is because of what you believe, it's a profound dedication and concentration. Profound, what does that mean? Above and beyond. Beyond just the normal, well, I like doing this. It's a profound dedication. It's an earnest attachment to a cause or a person. What does earnest mean? It means sincere conviction. 
Are you dedicated to something? Is your heart in it? You know, you see baseball players playing sometimes and they just don't have their heart in it, right? Some of the teams that are out of contention, they, uh, they just say, do we have to finish the whole season? <laughs> We're 25 games behind. Do we have to keep playing? In fact, I have a friend who played on the Dodgers and the catcher told him one time, do we have to finish out the whole season? He says, of course. People are coming to watch us play. Where's your heart? So you have to have heart. You have to have a dedication and a conviction. It's a dedication to an assignment. We had four ladies and two youth come and help the men cook breakfast yesterday. It was glorious. They, 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 they prepared wonderfully and beautifully, and they were committed and dedicated to a cause. So our heart dictates what we're going to do in life. Did you know that? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, and what your heart uh, out of the heart flow the issues of life. If you want to be a good mother, if you want to be a good businessman, if you want to be a good preacher, what you desire is what you will spend your time doing, and you develop your heart to do that. So the de devotions of the heart is where we connect with God. You know you've got to connect with God to carry on in this world? Right. Amen? If you don't, it's like going out with a gun and no ammunition in it. How are you going to, sh I, got no, I, mean, I, got no, I got no spiritual life, I got no word on the inside of me to be able to do the things that I've been called to do. Because if somebody offends you, you just give up. So, ah, I, didn't want to, I don't want to go to that church no more. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to serve God. I'm tired of people, right? You got no ammunition. So you have to take some time to be alone with God. And that's where you put your concerns, your hurts, your pains. You take them to God for his answers for your life to encourage you, to teach you, and to show you things to come. Isn't that good, good to know? God said he'll show you secrets. Isn't that nice to know? A secret that nobody else knows? He's going to whisper in your ear and tell you things and how to do things that will just confound everyone else. Now, let's look at this in Acts 13, 22. You ever heard of this guy, King David? And here's what God said about him. I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. So where did he find David? Let's look. Let's look at the slide. There's David. Now, how did, how did God find him? He's on the backside of the mountain, taking care of sheep, but because he was praising God, because he was, you know, singing melodies unto the Lord, the Lord heard him from heaven. And guess what? The Lord will hear you when you have your desire and your devotion towards him. And he'll cause you to be before kings and princes and all the people that you need to, to be in front of to fulfill the call of God in your life. So let's go back to that first scripture. And I want to show you two things here. Uh, Jesse, a man after my heart. So that shows us that God has a heart. Not a physical pumping heart, but he has an inclination, he has a determination, he has a counsel, and that he said, David can be aligned, a man after my own heart. I can align with him, he can align with me, and he'll accomplish my will. That's what we have to do, not our own will. We have to find out, God, what do you want me to do with my life? You put things in on the inside of me, and now I've got to ask you to help me find it. We're not trying to find it ourselves. We're asking God to show us what are we supposed to do in this world. 
so that when we get to heaven, he can say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have done my will, the things that I've called you to do. How many of you have kids and you tell them, I want you to mow the lawn and do the dishes, and they go clean up their room. You said, no, that's not what I wanted you to do. And so we may have all these things that we're doing, but God said, no, I want you to do a special thing that I've called you for. Isn't that good news? So when you dedicate yourself to the Lord, and here's how David would sing, Psalms 8, 3, and 4. When I consider your heavens, here he's out there in the backside of the mountain. Nobody wants to take care of those stinky, smelly sheep. Did you know that? (laughs) It's the last, you know, uh, the least position And he's singing to the Lord. He says, when I consider the heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man, what am I that you are mindful that you're thinking about me? Isn't that a connection, a devotion that he had? The son of man that you visit me, that you actually come out here with me. Nobody's out here. My brothers and my sisters aren't out here. My father has left me out here, but you have found me. You come and talk with me. So when you're being isolated, we had the policeman come and talk yesterday about how it's an isolated life with him because they're in a patrol car for 10 hours. They get out, they settle a a complaint, and the people are mad at him. Why are you coming out here? And why are you trying to arrest me? Why are you giving me a ticket? You know, I hope you die. I hope you get shot today. They They tell him this. And he's got to go back in the car and go like, okay, next stop. I mean, how do you feel? And David's out there for 24-7 with the heat and the cold and the rain. And he said, I know you're up there. and It's amazing that you have all this, you created all this, but yet you're thinking of me. And so many times in my life when I thought God had left me, that I wasn't around, he would come and he'd spend time with me, and then he promoted me. He found me. He's going to find you, LPC. He's going to find you. And promote you when you have your devotions to him because devotions is kind of like drawing back and getting power from the Lord. You know, it's like a bow and arrow. You don't just shoot the bow and arrow. You have to draw back and get some power and let it go. So you draw back and you spend time with the Lord and you get his power and his direction and his influence and then you get his favor in all that you've done. So in Psalms 8, 5, it says, you have made him a little lower Then the angels actually means God. You have made us a little lower than God, and you have crowned us with glory and honor. How did David get that revelation? Spending time with God. How are you going to get a revelation of what God wants you to do and what he's called you to do and the power that he's given? Spend time with him. Otherwise, if you don't, you're going to be empty. You're just going to be a shell going out there trying to fight the battles and not having any ammunition. Come on, talk to me, church. When you've got God on your side, you have a new step in your life. Amen? What do they used to say? Puts more hip in your dip, more glide in your stride. (laughs) One other one I can't think of. it. But anyway, what you have to do is, see, if you don't have devotions, you're like this flower right here. Closed up. Ah, Don't hurt me. Don't talk to me. Don't touch me. You know, I don't want to get involved. I just want to look pretty. But God wants us to do, open up our heart like this. When I pray for people and they're not receiving, I said, open up your heart like a flower. Just don't be so close. Open up. God will never disappoint you. You might have been disappointed by men. They might have lied to you, told you stories. (laughs) Come on, talk to me. 
I just love you. You are so wonderful. We're going to just do wonderful things together. Is this too, is this too true? <laughs> I'll never leave you. <laughs> All that I have is yours. We're going to have the white picket fence. Everything's going to be cool. Next week. You know, I don't think I like you as much as I used to like <laughs> Things have changed a little bit. What happened? I don't know. Okay, so here are the attributes. This is a little catch-up for those that have been here before. The attributes of devotions. Are you ready? It's a place where God appears to you and talks to you. Hallelujah. He's going to visit you. A place where God appears. When you make an appointment, when you make a date and a time, say, God, I'll meet you here every day. Guess what? God says, I'll be there. He doesn't say, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm a little late, I got tied up, uh, I can't make it today, some things have come up, I'm sorry, no, I forgot, I'm too busy. He, he doesn't use those excuses, he's ready there waiting for you. And when, he, when he's there waiting for you, and when you come, he talks to you, we have a God that talks to us. He wants to show us secrets. He wants to tell us things, but you have to get your heart prepared and open and ready to receive him. It's like a radio. You have to plug it in, turn it on, and turn on the station so that you can get the right frequency. You can get his, his, uh, um, the, the things that he wants to talk to us about. And the second thing is you have to make your own devotions. Come on, talk to me. You can't form out your devotions to somebody else. You can't delegate them. You can't pass them on. You can't hand them over, consign them to somebody, commission or transfer your devotion time to somebody else. You pray for me. You pray for me. No, you pray for yourself. Okay. <laughs> See, it's your, it's your time alone with God. Your one-on-one -on -one time with Him. He's, he's here to hear your voice and to hear your heart. Praise God. The third thing is, it's a place where you call upon the name of the Lord. And what is his name? Well, whatever he said he would do. He, that's, whoever said he, whoever, whatever he said his name is, is what he'll do. A plumber, what do they do? They plumb. Isn't that right? A salesman, they sail. They sell. Um, <laughs> the English language is a little tricky, isn't it? <laughs> A mailman, what does he do? He delivers the mail. You don't see a mailman come and say, did you bring the pizza? No, I don't bring pizza. <laughs> I'm the mailman, all right? So you call on the net. You get to learn who he is by what he said he was. Praise the Lord. The, second thing, the fourth thing is you've got to remember your first love. When you met someone, you fell in love with them. Is that not right? Then after 15 or 20 years, you say, well, why did, why did I marry that person? <laughs> it doesn't seem like the same person I married way back when. You've got to remember what it was like. Why did you fall in love with that person? Oh, yeah, that's right. They had a great smile. They looked cute, you know. They liked everything I said. Praise the Lord. But you have to renew your love, but remember why you guys got together. His mercies are new every morning. Praise God. I told the story about this, this guy came in for counseling. He goes, you know, my wife, I don't know what's wrong with her. She's just a nag. She just bothers me, gets on my nerves all the time, always complaining. He said, was she like that when you married her? No, she was just happy-go-lucky, just 
pleasant, easy to be around. And then he said, well, so this has all come because of your leadership that she's turned this way. Isn't that right? Okay. So we have to be men that create an environment for the wife. Praise the Lord. Fifth thing, God gives you his anointing and favor. He'll give you what you don't have, and he'll make you be what you're not. Isn't that good news? You don't, you don't have it all in yourself. Some things you got to get from him. And then he'll, what did he tell his disciples? Follow me, and I will make you. I'll make you fisher. You don't, just follow me. I'll make you what you need to be. Isn't that good news? And the last thing here is a place where you die to yourself. Oh, isn't that great news? Who wants to die? Anybody out there? <laughs> bang, bang, you're dead. Okay, now you have to go around. No more feelings, no more, you know, animosity. You have to die to yourself and the things that you want to say. I just don't like that person. I don't know. They just seem like they're just all that. They think you're all that, you know. Always are. I don't like. No, you die to those feelings. You love them with the love of the Lord. Isn't that good news? Praise God. So your devotions dictate how your life is going to go. It's where you generate your strength, your faith, your confidence. But all things work together for the good. To them that love God. Do you love God? You do. And call according to his purpose. So if that be the case, <laughs> you're, in good, you're in good hands. Isn't that right? Let me see where I'm going here with this. All right. So now, yes, <laughs> uh, because, you know, your heart is always running. Did you know that? And when you have the Lord on the inside of you from your devotions, it's always running, ready to go. You know, like when you have your car and you're at a stop sign or a stoplight, it's running, right? It's not moving anywhere, but and don't you feel like and just rev it up a little bit and you're ready to go. So when you have your devotions and you have the Lord on the inside of it, you, you're ready to go. Come on now. You know, people need healing, I'll pray for you, you know, right? You need deliverance? Come on, let's go. So your heart will dictate to you what you're going to do. Uh, so let's, let's look at this in Proverbs 69, and this is for you guys. Uh, it says, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps, right? So in your life, God puts things on the inside of you. You have a desire. You know you have that desire. Now, how do you get to that place? How do you get to the place where God has called you? Well, it says here, your heart plans the way, but the Lord directs his steps. And I'm going to give you a little illustration about my son. You saw him up here. He's an attorney now. But when he was in fourth grade, one of the teachers had someone come in and share about being a lawyer. And he was in class. He goes, that's what I want to be. I want to be a lawyer. I'm thinking, yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a lawyer. I'm not even close to a lawyer. All I wanted to be is a baseball player. Okay? My wife wanted to be a cheerleader <laughs> and a stewardess, airline stewardess. I always wanted to date an airline stewardess. I always wanted to date a cheerleader, but I never could. But I wound up marrying one. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So <laughs> let me see a picture. See here, I, I didn't actually play at Dodger Stadium. Let's see the next slide. But My wife, <laughs> I know you're enjoying this, <laughs> but there I am on the left, right, and with my friend who loves 
he, he played, you know, he, he actually did play for the Dodgers, and I love being there with him. And it's funny how you have different, you know, things in your heart. I wanted to be a baseball player, became a preacher. He wanted, he wanted to be a preacher, but he became a baseball player. So he used to preach at our church, and I would encourage him, and he got saved, and he was out in the field, you know, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs into the Lord. So, you know, we, we crossed our, our path. So you can have more than one heart thing that God has given to you. Now, my wife, here she is. There she is. And I, yeah, the airline stewardess, the cheerleader, praise God. <laughs> now, one of the things that was in her heart is she used to be, work at Parks and Recreation, so she would come up with events. That's why we have all the events at the church, because that's in her heart. She might be tired and don't see how, doesn't see how she can come up with these things, but just when it gets close to the time, something pops up in her heart, and she's able to do it. So getting back to my son, fourth grade, the lawyer comes and says, you know, this is what I do, this is what God's put in my heart, and it hit my son's heart, and he said, that's what I want to be. So he did all that he could. All, he got straight A's in grade school, in high school, and college, and then after college, after he went to um, Berkeley, he came home and he said, you know what? I don't think I want to be a lawyer anymore. <laughs> what? This is what we've been doing all along. You know, for summer vacation, while my wife and I, when we were growing up, we just like partying and playing baseball and she was practicing her cheerleading. He wants to go to South Africa and teach the underprivileged kids there how to work the computer in the library. This is what he told us. I said, hey, They've got plenty of people down the street here. You don't need to go to South Africa. He goes, this, this will pump up my resume. I need, I need some extracurricular activities. I said, okay, that's fine, you know, whatever. Um, so so that, that's, oh, and then he would go on his vacation. He would go to Washington, D.C. and interned one of the House of Representative uh, people, and he would give uh, tours at the Capitol building. This is what he did for vacation. And so we went there one, one year to visit him, and we thought, oh, praise the Lord, he's going to give us a great personal tour of the Capitol building, right? And here's how his tour went. There's some pictures over there. there there's some statues of the presidents, and there's the uh, House of Representatives where they meet, but we can't go in there right now. I go, what, 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 what about the tour? This is not a tour. He goes, I'm tired, Dad. This is the fourth one I've done today. I go, you're not giving it your all. So anyway, he's, he's done all this stuff, and he tried to stay clean his whole life. Why? Because he felt, if I mess up, it's going to come back and haunt me, as we have seen it happen in the news just recently, right? What you do in high school doesn't stay in high school, amen? <laughs> they have ways of finding out. So he went through his whole career in school trying not to get in trouble, except one time, the worst thing he did was TP a girl's house with one of his friends. Seems harmless, right? But he did it. It was the police chief's daughter. I said, Charles, what are you thinking for crying out loud? <laughs> and it wasn't just toilet papering. He got some caution road signs. He got some uh, street things, and he, he put, like, old... Uh, appliances in there. I mean, he just messed up the, the lawn. I'm going, Charles, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and so, but we cleared, thank God we got that cleared up. So here he is. He says he doesn't want to be a lawyer anymore. I said, we went through all this trouble. So I called my friend 
Pastor Manny, who sees in the prophetic, I said, Pastor Manny, I need your help. My son, all his life wanted to be a lawyer. Now he doesn't want to be a lawyer. Can you see into the future? Can you look <laughs> and see where he's going to end up? And so we talked for about a half an hour, and he says, you know what? I just saw your son. He was on the front row. <laughs> we didn't have a church like this at the time. He's ha he has papers. He's helping you. He's going to become a lawyer, and he's going to help you. Tell him to go to the uh, school, enjoy himself, have a good time, and it's all going to work out. So I told him that. Is this ringing true with any of you guys? What you have in your heart is going to come to pass. God's going to make it. The steps of a good man and woman uh, are ordered by the Lord. He's trying to do his own thing. He's trying to subvert. He's trying to cut it off. And God said, no way. I see what's going to happen to you. Don't give up. Don't look back. I'm going to make it happen. So I told him that. He called Pastor Manny. He said, okay. He enrolled for school. He went to Pepperdine, got a scholarship. Come on, talk to me for four years or three years. It was all paid for. He was fourth in his class. He got out of college or uh, law school. He said, now, I don't really want to live in California anymore. I go, what are you talking about? Don't you know your parents live in California? <laughs> he said, no, I'd like to go someplace else. So he went to the state of Washington, and he was an intern in the Supreme Court in the state of Washington. Then he went to St. Louis, and he was a staff attorney on the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals, the federal uh, courts. And then he said, I hate it here. This is terrible. I want to come back. I go, you got two years to go. He said, okay, Dad. So he stuck it out. You know, sometimes the plan of God, you have to stick it out, even though it doesn't look like He said, I think I made a mistake. I go, it doesn't matter. <laughs> stick with it. So after he got out of his two years, he comes to this place, a company, that they have their main office in Minneapolis, and they go through the St. Louis Court of Appeals for all their claims. And they said, huh, you worked there two years? You know the judges. You know the procedures. We need to hire you. So you see how God made it all come to pass? Despite where you think you're going, you, you, your heart tells you, makes plans, but the Lord orders your steps, and he just bought a house six doors up the street from us. Now, here's a guy who didn't want to be a lawyer and didn't want to, want to move out of California and probably get as far from us as he wanted to, but he can't in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. So we know this. Look at this. Romans 8, 28. Thank you for paying attention here. We're getting close to the end. Romans 8, 28 says, what? All things. How many things? All things work together for the good to those who do what? Love God. Not all things work together for the good. You've got to love God and be called according to his purpose. Isn't that not, not right? Now let me show you how you fall in love with God. Ready? Zephaniah 3.17. This has changed my life. The Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will calm you with his love. He will rejoice over you with what? Did you know he sings up in heaven over you? He rejoices over you. He wants to be happy over you. And what are we doing? Moping around. Oh, you know. Lord, it's just it's drudgery down here. Got this wife, got these kids, this job, this car, this body. <laughs> what? I'm just miserable. God's saying, I, 
What are you talking about? I'm singing over you. I'm rejoicing over you. Amen? So someone showed me this, Mike Bickle. He said, you know what? If the Lord is up there praising, God, praising you and singing about you, and you're not, there's a disconnect there. You're not in the same vein. So he said, take the love and the happiness and the joy that God is extending to us, extending to you, take that energy and give it back to him, right? He didn't first love us. I mean, we didn't first love him. He first loved us. So the love that he gave to us, we give back to him. Praise God. So what I would do is I get up in the morning, I make an appointment, a devotion time. Could you meet me at six o'clock in the morning? Lord, I'll be downstairs, right? You know, let's get some dance room here. And I'm going to pretend like you're dancing, and I look into the throne room with the eye of faith, said, okay, you're dancing over me. Let's dance together, Lord. Let's, 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 let's just have a good old time. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And guess what? He showed up. I could see him dancing. We were rejoicing. The Spirit of the Lord came into place, and I just had an enormous uh, pr uh, presence of, his, of him being there, and I said, this is wonderful. This is beautiful. Every day I would go there, but then after a while, I said, I'm kind of tired now, you know. I've been doing this. I haven't been getting much sleep. Can we just take a break? He goes, no. Let's do that I love you, you love me thing again. And so as we were doing this, and then I said, you know, shouldn't I be praying about some things? And in my mind, the Rolodex of my mind, it said, he said, uh, uh, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So I saw my whole life change. I didn't have to pray as hard, just kind of mention it because, what, his presence is with me. And so I can rejoice with him. So we, though we have burdens, though we have cares, though we have concerns, cast them aside and let the Lord minister to you with his song, with his praise. So I'm going to ask Life Pacific College to come back up, and they're going to lead us in a song, and we're going to just see how... The Lord can take us to a new place because we have to, we have to go against, you know, how we feel. Oh, I'm tired, Lord. I can't do it, Lord, you know. So uh, I appreciate the, this energetic young crowd coming up, just helping us, showing us how this is supposed to be done. Isn't that right? Life Pacific College, amen. Destiny, are you ready? Little, uh, we had a little jam session before you all got here, and I'm going to have you guys come, come back. And tell me if you can feel this, because this is what God you know, wants to create on the inside of us. You can either stay up there or come down, whatever you feel. You want to come down? Because I know you're tired. <laughs> huh? You got homework and you're, and you're hungry? Ha, ha, ha. 
Amen. So, uh, you guys, you, you can't take these guys home with you. But you got to have something on the inside of you. Amen. Excites you and, and lets you praise Him. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah, you have to have something, some kind of joy, some kind of happiness, some kind of anointing, some kind of rejoicing in your heart. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He is good. He's the God that we serve. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise you, sweet Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Is my green light on? Amen. There you go. There you go. You know what? When I was first learning how to do this, you know, they, they taught us the Hebrew shuffle. You know the Hebrew shuffle? You ever heard about that? Just kind of, just kind of a little bit, you know. And then after a while, you kind of, kind of get a little bit more going here. And then a couple spins and woo! The Lord is good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then, and then, Johnny, you know this. The little girls could dance the dance. In the, in the black gospel churches. They, 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 ah, hey, 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 whoa. I'd be like, do you know how to do it? No. I'm going, where, where did they learn this? You can do it? Come on. Come on, show us how to do it. Go ahead, go ahead. There it is. <laughs> Woo. Hallelujah. There you go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I said, I said, did they, where did they learn that? Did they just come out of the womb and all of a sudden they're dancing like that? No, you had to practice, right? You go home and you practice. Praise the Lord. And then Johnny, some of the older saints, they'd be going along, and all of a sudden they get a, huh. I said, what is that? That's a quick, that's a quickening, right? Hello, huh. oh, 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 Lord. That's God, that's the motor running. That's God working in you, talking to you, saying, I love you. I love you. I want to be with you. I'm happy with you. Amen. I hope you had a good experience today to know that we can rejoice with the Lord. We can love Him because He loves us. And He dances over us. He sings over us. He rejoices over us because He loves us. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank You that as we are partakers of Your glory, we're partakers of Your joy and Your peace. And all the things that you have for us, we rejoice in it, Lord God. We thank you. We thank you for the food that we're going to have right now, the fellowship that we're going to have, 
And we thank you that you're with us always, even until the end of time, till we meet in the heavens. And we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it. In Jesus' name, and all agreed, said, Amen. Amen.